1: Hello, just a quick note about this episode and also a note about last the last episode about personal paranormal experiences. I guess there is some audio glitch in that episode, so I apologize. I tried to figure it out and not sure, but it may sound like uh, towards the end, we kind of switched from Susie to me in a kind of weird way, so I don't know what's going on there. Maybe it was a ghost or something, so I apologize for that. And then the other little note is you will notice on this episode, Sasha's on this episode as well. And we recorded this episode, the paranormal films episode before the paranormal experiences episode. So that's why at the end of this one, Sasha says she will not be found. She doesn't give her Instagram away like she does in the personal paranormal experiences. So just wanted to explain why that may sound weird. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, and our final episode celebrating all things horror. In this episode, we are going to be talking about paranormal films. And it looks like it might just be Sasha and I. I'm hoping Susie can hop on, but it might just be Sasha and I having a really good discussion. And um, she may be muted at parts, because when we talk about The Sixth Sense, um, just kidding. (laughs) But before we get into that, just a quick... Just a quick <laughs> housekeeping note um, that we are taking listener support for as little as ninety nine cents a month to nine ninety nine um, and what you donate to us goes to getting better audio equipment, um, which is all which we always could use um, better editing equipment, better everything just to make the podcast uh, run smoother and make what you listen to sound better. And also, of course, 50% of that is going to be going to uh, various Black Lives Matter organizations. We're going to highlight one per month. I'm going to select one. And since I didn't get to announce it yet because I'm not positive who it's going to be, I will probably announce it on our Stranger Things episode. So look for that announcement coming. And then whatever organization that we'll be getting 50% of what we have um, on November 30th. So just a heads up on that. Okay, so before we start talking about paranormal films, Sasha, tell me one thing that you're excited about right now in pop culture.
2: Um, So I binged all of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, I figured it was within the theme of this week's episode. So I did that. Um, Not as good as Hill House. Still fun still fun like i said it's like you know it's a ghost story it's like pizza even if it's you know mediocre it's still pretty good right um and then small british children are terrifying i'm just gonna put that out there and you know we could probably do an episode next halloween season (laughs) about like creepy children in films like children of corn and Mm -hmm. you know damien and all that kind of stuff um because small children should not be in horror movies it's just creepy
1: I agree. I think that that's that's a good idea, you know, and it's it's funny because we'll talk about a couple of kids that even in in the movies we're going to be mentioning can freak you out, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Even if they aren't supposed to be creepy, I think there are certain things that some of these kids do that's kind of creepy. But yeah, I agree. And Children of the Corn. Oh, my gosh, that movie will always terrify me because of those kids. They were so creepy. And that's one of the reasons cornfields terrify me. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's fair. It should.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And this is Erin. And what I'm into is I took Tiffany's advice from our vampire episode. And I went ahead and watched um, two of the Blumhouse movies that are on Amazon. I watched the ones that she recommended to start with, um, Evil Eye and The Lie. I will say I sort of liked Evil Eye, but I didn't like it as much as I was hoping I would. Um, But The Lie was a lot of fun. I would not classify these really as horror movies. Evil Eyes a little bit closer to them. But they're much more, especially The Lie, like psychological thrillers. Um, But The Lie has a really interesting twist in it in the end. And I know people are very mixed on it. I actually liked the twist. It was really kind of heartbreaking and made the whole story even sadder. And I just love Peter Sarsgaard. That's it. That's I love Peter (laughs) Sarsgaard, so it's just yeah. And he was I mean he was kind of creepy, but kind of not. I don't know. It's it was it was an interesting interesting movie. So yeah. So that's on Amazon. Okay, so let's get into paranormal films. And as I've mentioned before, this is one of my absolute favorite genres. And this is the genre that freaks me out more than the others. Actually, this is the one that I will watch these movies and get scared a lot easier than I will with slashers with vampire flicks. In fact, there's only a couple of vampire flicks that actually do scare me with zombie movies, just paranormal. It just ratchets it up. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I believe in that stuff. Um, or what, but they just always have. And the ones that are really the scariest for me, and sometimes I have a really hard time watching them, are the ones that deal with demonic possession. Um, those ones really, really get to me. Um, but I want to ask you, Sasha, how do you feel about those films? And do you have a favorite in that genre and that subgenre of paranormal films?
2: So. It's funny because I was looking at the list and it's like The Exorcist, and I know I've talked on here before that The Exorcist, you know, I count that as the first horror movie I saw because my mom went when she was pregnant with me, which tells people how old I am. That's fine. Um, So, and I know that you, several people can't watch it again once they've seen it. Um, I looked for it to see if I could watch it and I wasn't going to spend the, you know, three or four bucks on it because I was like, meh. Whatever, so I found another one, the Vatican tapes, um, which is oh my God, I'm gonna blank on his name Michael Pena. He's the kind of the funny guy in Ant man. He's the one okay so so I know a guy who knows a guy, that person, and um, Doug Ray Scott is in it. Um, So basically, there's this girl, and she ends up possessed, like, super possessed, and the Vatican gets involved. Um, Not based on a true story or anything like that. I think, for me, a lot of those possession films, they try and put off as based on true stories. Um, And I don't know how many of them are. Like, there's uh, Emily Rose right? The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I've got mixed feels on that. I've got mixed feels on it. I think some of them are, you know, they're kind of a fun watch, like, from a mental health point of view, you know? Mm -hmm. Because there's always son of sam claimed that his neighbor's dog told him to do it and we all know that that's not really what happened dog didn't tell him anything um but a lot of people claim that and a lot of different cultures feel like mental health things are um possession they don't see it as mental illness they see it as uh you know it's a demonic possession is why their family member has made a shift so um i went totally sideways on that sorry
1: no, 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 no. It's interesting that you say that because, like I mentioned um, on our vampire episode, I've been watching the show Evil,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and Evil, you know, talks a lot about um, you know possession, and they do, so- and and there is a woman who doesn't really necessarily believe in this stuff, um, and an, and a man too, and then a guy who's studying to become a priest and what's interesting about that one is every single one so far when they've gone um their exorcism route or you know because they've demon possession and everything like that it's always been that the person actually has a mental illness or something in their environment is causing this to happen or something like that, or they're faking it or someone's implanted in their mind that they should do this to get away with something. And that's what's, that's what I like about that show is even though I think there is stuff in there that is going to turn out to be real. And I do think they're eventually going to probably have a real demon. It also doesn't automatically say every single thing they do is definitely a real possession Um, and I, and that's what I think is so interesting about that show. It's such a different way to do that because I agree all these ones that are supposedly true stories. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily believe that this stuff can happen in real life, but however, because of all my personal experiences, I do believe in pure evil. I do believe there is pure evil in the universe. Um, but it's hard for me to believe in, in this. And I think it's because it, it kind of scares me. Um, it's just like with, with, um, the exorcist, the reason the exorcist bothers me is because I, I've, I've done Ouija boards a lot. I think Ouija boards are something you should never, ever, ever, ever mess around with. um, and I don't know, there's something about it that it just hits too, it sounds so weird to say this, but it hits too personally, just because of all my experiences that I've mentioned on the personal paranormal one, but just because of all my personal experiences, it's just harder for me to watch because I fear that stuff happening, even though I don't necessarily believe it, I still fear it, if that makes any sense
2: at all. Um no, I think it totally makes sense. And I think that's why I'm so, like... I I don't want to sound wishy-washy or like I'm waffling, but it's... I don't, you know... Is it there? Is it not? Is it legit? Is it not? It, are there other issues at play? So I'm intrigued to check out... I've seen the previews for that evil, but I haven't watched it yet because I was just kind of going, well, I can't do another one of these. Um, but if they're looking at other aspects of how it could be playing mm-hmm. out then I'm in, because I do find, you know, a lot of mental health gets literally demonized. And I think that's where a lot of these stories come from, which is what makes yeah. them scary.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think you would like that show. Yeah, because there's a lot of psychological input in this. There's a lot of psychology. Um Yeah, I think you'd really, really like it. It's really well done um and i think more people should watch it it's it's and there's some creepy stuff in it there's some really creepy stuff in it um but it's just it's just that's what i like about it so much is that it's not like okay every single week we're going to be dealing with a new demon and stuff like that so it's it, that's the interesting part about that so yeah i definitely recommend that one and i love the movie the exorcism of emily rose probably probably a big reason i love this one is because of course, Jennifer Carpenter is in it. And as everybody knows, she played my all time favorite female character, Deborah Morgan. So yeah, so that's another reason that I love it. And I think she's really good in it. Um and I think the cast all around is pretty good for that one. Um, that one wasn't as hard to watch. Um, you know, but but yeah, and, and I don't know if this would this movie just popped into my head and I have I have no idea where you would necessarily put it because this isn't really about demon possession. But if, did you see the movie Stigmata with Patricia yes. Arquette? Arca- I was
2: going to bring that up. Yeah. Under when we were talking, when you were talking about um, like possession films, after we got done, I was going to bring up Stigmata because it's not a demonic possession, mm-hmm. but it's still like a possession. Like yeah. there's something going on. Yeah. So I was going to throw, that was one of my notes on here was like stigmata.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, though. I think that's cool that that popped into my head. because I I love that
2: movie. It's a really good movie.
1: Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, listeners, um, I highly recommend that one. And I think Patricia Arquette is very, very good in that one. So, yeah. Hey, and good news, Susie was able to hop on. So Susie is on. So I'm going to have her just tell me one thing that she's into right now in pop culture. And then if she wants to just segue right into just giving me her th- opinion on demonic possession films like The Exorcist.
3: So hello. Yeah, um, technology was not my friend today. I think that ghost I brought back with me from The Ghost Hunt is still lurking around <laughs> affecting my technology. First, my phone. Now, my computer. Ugh. <laughs> but um, something uh, pop culture related that I've been that I've been like really having fun with is uh, this song called "Careless Sister," and it's a parody of "Careless Whisper," but the person who's singing it is Michael Myers, <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's lots of fun. It's on YouTube. It's by this um, channel called The Merkins, and they have like a lot of like horror-related uh, parodies. Uh, one of their most popular ones is the Slash Street Boys. So that's under that like same vein of like fun, weird pop
1: parody stuff. <laughs> that's so. A- I'm definitely gonna have to find that. <laughs> that's awesome.
3: Yeah, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, Aaron would love this. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, I actually follow a couple of Michael Myers on uh, Twitter. (laughs) A couple of different Michael Myers. (laughs) So, yeah. I'm going to have to find that. And then what are your general thoughts on like The Exorcist or any other demonic films?
3: Okay. So, I have a really weird story about The Exorcist. Um, as. I I really got sick. So as a kid, I really got sick a lot, and as a result, that that meant that I had to stay home for, for like some some periods of time. And when you're alone at home, since both my parents work, I could I could like watch whatever I wanted. So we had uh, The Exorcist, and I remember just being like so sick, putting it on, and I was just chill all the way through that movie because I had like a lot of friends tell me they were like oh that's the scariest movie you'll ever see like never watch it but if you're gonna just like be prepared to be scared and I remember watching it and just being completely chill and just just not worried at all and just like oh my god oh she vomited oof that's bad Mm, there's no bueno and it was like the whole like the whole movie never scared me and even and so it got to be that whenever I got sick I would watch that movie as like a comfort thing and I would be lulled to sleep. (laughs) So sometimes I would just like fall asleep and then I'd wake up in the middle of like when Reagan's like full on possessed and then just be like, okay, that's that scene. Okay. And then like go back to sleep. (laughs) So it, it never like scared me. I don't think in, in a way that it was meant to, but it's really interesting for me to hear other people's stories of like, oh yeah, that movie really scared me. Or like, like when, when Sasha mentioned that her mom saw the movie when she, when she was pregnant with her, I was like, oh my God, but she was scared. <laughs> or when Aaron mentioned that, like, I think that's the only scary movie her mom ever saw and was like, put off on them for life. I was like, Interesting. <laughs> I would say my brain is just wired weird.
1: No, that's just, that's really interesting. I think there are movies like that that do not affect us the same way they do other people. And I think it's interesting that it's a, mo- that it's a comfort film for you. That's because I can't even listen to clips. I can't hear the music. I can't, nothing. It just, it bothers me too much. Um And so I just think that's just, that's so fascinating to me. And that's really cool, actually, um, that it has a different effect on you. And I'm sure there are a lot of movies that are like that with people where it's like supposedly so scary and it doesn't scare them at all. Like, I think Jaws is one of the most boring movies ever made. And I actually root for Jaws. I root for the shark. I think, I mean, it's not the shark's fault. Humans are in the shark's water, you know, come on. So I always, I, I always root for animals and those in horror movies. Anyway, I'm always rooting for him, but yeah. So I, I think, you know, people just sometimes can watch something and it'll be very different and not have the same effect on them. So I think, I think that's, that's really cool. Are there any other, um, demonic possession films or do all demonic possession films kind of have the same effect on you or. Um,
3: so I have, I okay, I have yet to see, like, a demonic possession film that, like, really scares me, because, um, like, I do, I do get um, that there is a very high possibility, I do think that there is a very high possibility that demons probably do exist, or some form of them does, and that people are afflicted by them, or can be afflicted by them. I mean, I think demons can come in, like, many different forms. Like I myself battle my own personal demons, anxiety and depression, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's that's my battle, but I think especially like in a religious um like sphere, it's also very possible to like encounter the um the supernatural because there are things in this world that we cannot explain, and I know science is there to be like a sort of um like a sort of thing where it's like, oh, if you can't prove it by science. It's not unexplainable but yet uh people before they were able to quantify it, they knew that there was gravity. They knew that there that um like the sky is blue or you know, like stuff like that. Like the world that that the world was round. The world is round people, please don't believe Flat Earth there's the world. But- like that, like even before we ever had any scientific proof for it, we just kind of like knew that that was a possibility that that existed, and I feel like that can be very true for um demons and the so called supernatural, whether you would choose to believe it or not. I mean, right now we might not have the means to like prove prove it, but maybe later on down the line, we will we'll be able to say like here here's some evidence that ghosts do exist, that demons are real, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I I think they're more, for me, they're more, like, interesting than anything else. And, uh, like, for demonic films, it's, yeah, it's more of, like, the interest factor, or like, in some demonic movies, you'll see the person, like, contorting or, like, bending over backwards and spider-walking down the stairs, or like levitating or like throwing up, you know, and, and stuff like that. That's when I turn <laughs> to like the practical side of things. That's when I that's when I become more interested in the effects, like, oh this person, like the way they're contorting in the movie, oh they must be like they must have gotten like a like a contortionist who would be able to execute these <laughs> these moves. And then that would lead to me in my room. Trying out those same contortion, <laughs> trying to contort myself, <laughs> and I can't like I can do it to some degree, <laughs> but I'm not like Noodles McPherson over here. I know I can't <laughs> completely like twist and turn, but I mean, as a child, like that that uh, spider walking scene that led to me like trying to learn how to like. <laughs> So sometimes I would just like, uh, since both my parents worked that would just lead to me like coming home after school and then like spider walking around the house <laughs> and just like trying it wow. out to see if I could do it. Oh, that was so much fun. That's so. That's that's awesome though.
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing that. Just trying to picture that. That would be a good way to try and scare someone.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I I would try to do that to my mom sometimes because we have this like ongoing thing where I try to scare her and see if she falls for it. <laughs> and oftentimes it's my dog who scares her because he just like appears out of nowhere and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I'm like, "Come on, buddy, you're stealing my thunder."
2: <laughs> my takeaway from all of this is for Susie, demonic possession movies turned her into a Cirque du Soleil star.
3: Uh, oh, I wish oh, I can that was the inspiration that, like, level, Because <laughs> 'cause I'm not as like juicy and supple as I was as a child, so you know I just gotta like <laughs> uh, gotta take it easy now 'cause
1: uh. Uh, that's funny though. I think that's great. I love that story i really d I just love that you would try and imitate those moves and the Spider Walk and all that stuff. That's just so cool just to hear a different um perspective on these movies. Um, especially that it would inspire you to try to do those things. That's that's really cool. Instead of it I mean, I'm glad it didn't like inspire you to try and reach out to a demon. That would have been oh, not dear. cool.
3: But <laughs> I'm sure. No, it's like I, 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 I get, No, demon like growing up in a classic household, demons are very oh, serious yeah. business. You do not mess with those. Although I do wanna say that one day I did find like a seventy year old Ouija board <laughs> and I was like pestering yeah. my mother. <laughs> To let me buy it I was like let me buy this please, please please and her comeback to that was when you get your own house you can buy a board Good. not for her. while you're living in mine
1: good for her Ouija boards are evil so I'm glad that she didn't let you do that <laughs> they like, like, like tempered any, any desires so it's just like okay fine yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's my little two cents there Susie do not get a Ouija board no, no, no. Bad, 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 bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's move into the Amityville horror. And there have been lots of sequels to this. There have been remakes. Um, the original one, of course, starred James Brolin and Margot Kidder. And this is, quote, unquote, based on a true story. Um, there were grisly murders um, in Amityville in this house. Um But in my personal opinion, there was no demonic possession going on, nothing like that. Um, I think that was a big fraud. But I do think these movies are terrifying, or at least the first one is. And I actually think the remake with Ryan Reynolds is pretty creepy. But I want to get everyone's take on the Amityville horror. And um, just briefly, And next year, we are going to dive really deep into these movies. So, Sasha, what are your thoughts on the Amityville horror
2: um, so, first of all, I need to uh, kind of publicly out myself. I didn't realize there were sequels. Aaron is laughing at me. Susie is laughing at me. I don't know how I missed the sequel memo. I only knew about the original and then the remake with Ryan Reynolds, which I just watched this week, um, which is still just as creepy and terrifying. Um, and I... Yeah, I didn't realize that there were sequels. So as I'm looking, you know, I've got a Roku and it's like they have the Halloween hub. And it's all these Amityville movies from like the late 80s and mid 90s. And I'm like, how did I miss that train? I, di- I didn't realize there were sequels. So I only know the original, the original original, which I haven't seen in a really long time. And I wasn't willing to pay for it to watch for this. So I just watched the remake because it was free. Um. And it's still just as creepy and terrifying, and just again, um, I got very much the Shining vibes from it, right? Because it's a place that makes you kind of go a little kooky, and then you attempt to kill your family. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like when I was in high school, I knew the history of the house better. And I've just since forgotten it because there's other weird things that have happened there since those murders. Correct? Supposedly.
1: Well, (laughs) That's what this story is about is the family that came, moved in after that. And they concocted this story (laughs) with um, the attorneys for the guy who murdered his family. Um, But there, there have been people that have lived there for years and say, there's nothing that goes on here. Mm -hmm. Um, the current, I believe the current residents have said that, that nothing happens here. Um, you know, they, they shot, the Amityville horror was not shot in Amityville because they refused to let them do that. So they had to find another house. I believe it was in New Jersey. Um, yeah, because they won't let people do that because this, this whole thing has kind of ruined
2: that town. Um, yeah. So I do just want to say that the house with the eyes Houses should not have eyes. So I don't know, like, it's just a creepy house. Houses should not have eyeballs. I'm just, I'm just saying that. Okay.
1: No, I totally agree. I think it's the creepiest house ever. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I would never live there ever, ever, ever. I wouldn't even want to set foot in there, even though I even though I believe this is a hoax, I still would never set foot in there. So, yeah. Um, Susie, what are your thoughts on the Amityville Horror? The Amityville
3: Horror is um, a real interesting bunch of sequels. Um, I just like looked them up really quick, and there was one that escaped my notice that stars Meg Ryan of all oh, people. <laughs> and I wanna, I wanna show y'all. I like, well, at least uh, the gals in the in the chat here. I don't know if you can see it, but. It had oh no you can't because of, <laughs> of the filter. But um, okay, so I would implore—I don't know if you've seen it, Aaron, the Amityville 3D, the one like the poster. Uh, you should look it up, Sasha. It's really funny. The poster has what looks to be like a chicken claw, like reaching out of the house. <laughs> so it's like out of out of like one of the windows. So it's just like three fingers going ah. Oh, but yeah, I think the most recent one um, was like three years ago, I think, with, um, uh, I haven't seen that one yet, but I do know that the person, one of the people who starred in it was the actor who played Joker in the Gotham TV series. I just, I just knew, I just knew because of that, because I was like, oh, let me see what other... Because I really liked his acting in that show, and I was like, let me see what else he has, like, going on. So, that, that was one of those, and I didn't think I ever got around to watching it. But, um, just, yeah, like, okay, so I found out about this movie, um, not through the movies. Well, th- about this series of events, not through the movies. But, um, one day, um, I think at the Goodwill, uh, they had, like, this DVD that said Amityville Confidential. And I got it, little old me thinking that that was the movie, <laughs> and no, it's just like this like documentary slash dossier of like every like all the murders that happened and then all the subsequent events and I remember like for some reason, that was scary, just like the way like the narrator was describing everything and the music they put to it that was scary. So then later when I did watch the movies, I was like, what's this? <laughs> None of this has, like, the, the like, the factor that that, like, weird little, like, dossier had. The little docu-series, documentary had. But I just thought, like, it was so interesting. And, like, I always thought that it was, like, yeah, it's a thing that happened. Like, the house is creepy. I think that they... That the people who own it now, I think they changed the windows because they didn't want the house to be as easily recognizable for Luki loos So I think they like changed them to something different, so they're no longer that like creepy like window face thing. Um, but I just always thought that like that was a possibility that that house is really haunted, and I don't think it was until you, Aaron, said that like, oh yeah, that's a whole bunch of bull. I was like, oh, my God, really? Because they just like it's presented to you in such a way that you're like, oh, based on true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you have people like the Warrens who, you know, we're going to get into The Conjuring uh, briefly here in in a little bit. Um, And while I love those series of movies, I think the Warrens are charlatans, complete charlatans. And the Warrens were one of the handful of people who have gone to this house and there's video you can see where you supposedly see like a little boy or little girl or something. And it's creepy, it is. Um I just I just read stuff about this and about what really happened when the murder because there was a terrible horrible murder that happened here and the son did murder his entire family. So that really did happen. Um but it was you know this whole thing that was concocted and um the family that moved in, which is the which is the family that of course the Amityville horror is about, um, that moved in afterwards, they helped they said, Yeah, we'll we'll say that this stuff has been happening to us, um, when it really wasn't um the the Lutz family. So at least that's my I know other people probably do believe in this. Um you know and and the most recent one that came out in 2018 cuz there's the Amity Amityville the Awakening and then the Amityville Murders and the Amityville Murders in 2018 is about the actual murders that happened there but I think it's still saying that it's a possessed house but it it's a, it's about the DeFeo mur- Murders so it's that out there but the sequels I just have to briefly talk about a couple of the sequels here because there's of course Amityville 3D there was Amityville 2 the Possession I don't remember too much about that one. Um, There is also one called um, Amityville. uh, It's 1992. It's about time. And this one is about a haunted clock that was from Amity, the Amityville house and someone purchases it. Yes, this is true. They've done a lot of these where there's another one where I believe it's like a, um, I found it just a second ago. I have to find this because it's hilarious. It's called Amityville horror, the evil escapes. It was a TV movie, I guess. Um, And it's a demonic force, Um, in the haunted Long Island house, escapes through a mystical lamp and finds its way to a remote California mansion where the evil manipulates a little girl by manifesting itself in the form of her dead father. So yeah, there have been so many different versions of this. Um, But even though I don't think this story is true, I think both the original, the Amityville Horror, I don't really think, the sequels are that freaky, but I think the original, the Amityville horror and the remake from 2005 um, with Ryan Reynolds. um, I thought, I think both of those are really good. And I think they're both really, really, really creepy. And I agree, Sasha does kind of have that, um, the shining vibe to it. Um, When you're watching somebody, you know, just totally losing who they are and becoming this different person. And I think, both James Rowland and Ryan Reynolds did an absolutely phenomenal job at playing that. Um, cause I know a lot of people kind of think of Ryan Reynolds as being more comedic, but he actually is a really good actor. There's another movie he did called buried. And I really recommend that cause he's basically the only person, Susie's seen it, the only person in the movie. Um, but I rec, I recommend that one too. But yeah, it's, they're just very creepy. The scene where the um, window falls down on her hand, I know it seems like a simple little thing, but to me, that just always freaked me out. I can't quite explain why. Um, the flies, um, the you know, and stuff like that plays a much bigger role in some of the sequels. Um, but just little things like that just really, really creeped me out. The scene with the babysitter being, you know, locked in the closet, and not being able to get out. That is so freaky. So I think that one does it really well. Where... You're kind of afraid to look. You kinda of wanna cover your eyes. Um, it does what a horror movie should do. Um, it's got the atmosphere and it's also got good writing and good performances, which it's hard to find all three in a lot of movies. Um, but sadly in some horror that if it turns out and turns out. So I think they're really good. Um, and I'll be really interested next year when we dive into them to see, you know, especially with the sequels. Um, because I know Sasha is down for being on that one I put her down so (laughs) we'll see if she ends up watching a bunch of the sequels and what her thoughts are on those because it's really kind of
2: ridiculous um (laughs) well now I'm in because I just saw this the third one's little preview with the weird chicken foot and so now (laughs) I need to watch this because As anybody who has listened to this podcast and has heard me talk about horror knows, I'm down for some bad B-rated shenanigans. And a weird chicken foot coming out at you, I'm in.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a a B-movie. It's it's so ridiculous. And it came out because you know in the 80s there was this 3d resurgence you know you had friday the 13th and 3d you had all these things coming out in 3d you had jaws 3d so it was like this big thing for a lot of horror franchises would <laughs> make these so yeah it's yeah the the sequels are <laughs> there's something else um And we're also going to be covering the next film we're going to talk about here is Poltergeist. And as I mentioned in Why We Love Horror, this was the very first horror movie I ever saw. So it still to this day terrifies me. Um, And of course, this one had a couple of sequels. It also is considered a cursed film by some. Um, It has a really interesting legacy. Um, and I don't know if everyone's seen all of them. And we're going to delve deeper into that next year as well. But I just wanted to briefly talk about this one too, because I think it's one of the most famous um, ones that it deals with the paranormal. And this one deals more with just ghosts, but it also adds in that, that thing that we also mentioned can be problematic um, with the Indian burial ground. So it can be a problematic trope. And as Rebecca pointed out, the, this is also, I guess based on the fact that here in Denver we had Cheeseman um, Park, which was a, an old an old cemetery and it ended up getting built over and they left the bodies there. So that's what she said this was loosely based on which I didn't even know that but um, but so that's very interesting. So I want to get everybody's thoughts on Poltergeist and even the sequels if you want to mention those if you've
2: seen them, Sasha. Um yeah, so I recently watched rewatched Poltergeist again. Um and I know a lot of the these older horror movies don't really hold up, but can I just say that one's still creepy? That tree? That tree. Okay, oh, to be fair, it looks really kind of cheesy and corny now, but that tree, the whole concept of the tree is not okay. Cuz I yeah, no, I'm not I'm not down with the tree. Um what cracked me up Cracked me up? Yeah. About this movie is when the everything started shifting in the kitchen and she figured out that she could put Carol Ann in the circle, put a little football helmet on her and let her slide across the kitchen floor. Like, why? Why are we doing this? This is not a game. What are you doing? You know, and she thought it was kind of this fun thing and then it all goes very, very wrong very, very quickly. Um, so... Yeah, there are some, you know, there is the problematic. But it's funny because I don't know. I didn't hear them say that it was an Indian burial ground. It's a cemetery. It's just an old cemetery. Because he takes them up to the top of the hill at one point And he's like, this could be your view. He's like, well, there's not much room for a house with the cemetery. He's like, oh, well, we'll move it like we did the other one. So I don't remember there being a indian burial ground i thought it was just a cemetery
1: that could have been something that came up in the sequel because i know in the second one i believe because there's also the whole thing that comes up in the second one there was also a cult and all this stuff um and the creepy 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 guy um who's trying to get carol ann um so I so I could so I could be mistaken on that. I just always okay. think of it that way because um, I think it was in the sequel, but maybe I'm wrong about that. But
2: yeah. well, no, it's definitely they moved a cemetery. Moved in air quotes, also known as <laughs> we just moved the headstones and didn't move the bodies, which is why bodies show up in the swimming pool. Can we talk about the swimming pool real quick? Like what? Why? Why are you? falling into the swimming pool, and why is it nothing but mud so she can't climb back out? Somebody explain this to me. I don't get it. Why is this not, like, danger zone, roped off, nobody allowed in there, like, cover? I... help.
3: (laughs) I think the one thing I can say to that is, it's the 80s! Because you know that, like, nowadays, there would not be, like, an open, like, swimming pool. There would be, like, various signs very escorted off areas. <laughs> there would probably be a ladder inside the pit so you could get out in case you fell in. <laughs>
2: That's true. It's and not a it, code. It was yeah. Wild West. The 80s were kind of the Wild West. Uh, I have one last thing to comment on the poltergeist and it ties into Amityville Horror and some of the possession stuff as well. But um, the animals always know. Mm-hmm. Yep, they do. Animals always know when something spooky is going on. So. Yep. There's my two cents.
1: Yep, very, very true. Always listen to your animals. When they're telling you something is (laughs) off, listen to them, because they know. Yeah. Um, Susie, what are your thoughts on Poltergeist?
3: Yeah, I have to agree with the whole comment that the animals always know, because they they can sense things that we don't, and I know sometimes, okay, sometimes my dog is a total himbo, but when he feels something is wrong, <laughs> I'm going to trust his gut, because sometimes, okay, I have to take, sometimes I have to take him out to walk, like, when it's really dark out, and if he doesn't want to go in a certain direction, then I don't go in that direction, because he can probably sense something is off, and I'm not going to, like, expose myself to the creepies and the ghoulies, I'm not, or, like, some... Some murderous dude with a knife, maybe it's like waiting around the corner. my dog's like, "No, also, I think like the only time I'm ever like in true fear in a horror movie is when there's an animal involved. I'm like, "Oh, please, don't let anything happen to them, please, no, I can't take it if something happens to the sweet animal. I can't I'm like no um but i I think it's the whole the the movies really the poltergeist movies are really interesting and also it, it it does play into like the fear that like kids are creepy kids will sometimes say and do the darndest things that just like set off warning bells and make you go um maybe this is a fae child and not the child that i was originally given <laughs> uh but it's or just stuff like that where it's like this uh, no, I feel like if there's ever a moment where you see your child interacting with the unknown, just throw the kid away. <laughs> just just throw the whole kid away. You don't need that mess in your life. No amount of sage will fix that. Well, oh, maybe like a whole like bath in holy water. But then things can get sketchy depending on the demon's belief system. Who knows? Um, But I do want to point out Uh, Like, about, like, the the pool scene. Okay, it was cheaper to use real skeletons rather than make molds. And it's... They they were real skeletons. But don't worry, they didn't use, like... They didn't go to the local cemetery and, like, borrow a couple of bodies. Does it help if I say that they got them from, like, a medical supply center? (laughs) Does Does that... I mean... Afterwards, those skeletons probably went on to do great things for science. <laughs> Who knows? So let's look at let's look let's look on the positive side here. <laughs> that's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing. I I don't know if everybody knows that, but yeah, that's those those were real skeletons there in the pool with her. Um yeah, so that's that makes that makes that scene even creepier, I think, when you know that. But yeah, like I said, this movie was the first one I saw and it still terrifies me. It made me afraid of clowns. It made me afraid of <laughs> getting the, the scene where he peels off his face in the mirror. There's something about that that's just so, oh, it stuck with me. Um, I also was for years afraid. It doesn't happen anymore with the way TV is, but I was afraid of when Networks were going off the air, and not just the static, but the stuff that they would play beforehand um i was always like oh my god i got to change the channel i can't watch this this is so terrifying something horrible is going to happen i'm going to get sucked into the tv or they're going to come out of the tv i'm going to hear voices so yeah that that always terrifies me and i want to say really quickly for that um indian burial burial, gra- burial ground i can't find anything on that but i know in the second one what i did find was um that they had um a Native American joined them, an elderly Native American. So it did play into that another trope, you know, having the um, the wise Native American, the wise – I don't remember if he was a medicine man in there, played by Will Sampson, um, was in that movie. So, so that might be where I was sort of getting – because in the second one, it's a lot about um, – the very, very, very creepy Reverend Kane, who was a religious zealot responsible for the deaths of his many followers. So, yeah, just throwing that out there. Um, and then, I don't know if you know this, but the family um, that lived in that house that they filmed the exterior, not the interior, but the exterior, um, still lives in that house. So, it's still the same family living in that house. It still looks the same. I just saw it on some recent show I think it was on cursed films on Shudder. Um because they talk about poltergeist. Hey I got my shutter mention in
0: <laughs> I was
2: just gonna say I'm like and how far in are we before Shudder is brought up I know actually
3: it was pretty far in before I brought sh-
2: I'm impressed.
3: I feel that what I should do is I should just like grab a plug and just like label it Shutter and whenever Aaron mentions it I'm just gonna like wave it in the screen. <laughs>
1: For the plug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, A, if, I, if, hey, you know, I will gladly, gladly take you as a sponsor, Shudder. <laughs> um, but yeah, but in, in that, they people still visit that home, which must be just really annoying, um, and just take pictures on the outside. But yeah, they didn't film any of the other stuff, um, like any of the interior scenes were not filmed inside the house. That was... Um, Something they built. And then really quickly, before we take a quick break here, has anyone seen the remake, the Poltergeist remake that came out a few years ago in 2015? No? Nope.
2: I didn't know they made a remake.
1: Yep, they did in 2015, um, starring one of my all-time favorite actors, Sam Rockwell and rosemary dewitt and a bunch of other people and it was kind of the same story um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't very good <laughs> it wasn't creepy so it wasn't it wasn't very good even with sam rockwell being in it so i just wanted to see if anyone guess not okay well we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna move sort of into the present day here um and we're gonna talk about first we're gonna talk about ghosts reaching out for help and we're gonna m- focus a lot on the sixth sense and stir of echoes will can mention some other ones if people want to bring up some other ones but this will be more where the reason people are seeing spirits is because they need help because human beings did something horrible to them or they need to say goodbye or something like that so we'll be back in just a minute And now I want to turn to another little trope you will see in some of these movies. And I love this one is when ghosts are not the bad guys in the film. They're actually the ones they're reaching out for closure. They want closure. They want to get um, sometimes they want to catch a killer, those kind of things. And you see it a lot in The Sixth Sense, of course. I think that's the most well-known one that does this. And then there's also a movie called Stir of Echoes. So we will first um, delve into The Sixth Sense a little bit. And I know that we were going to have people on that were going to love this movie as much as me. But I happen to know that the two people on here do not have the same affection for this movie. So I will just talk about The Sixth Sense and they don't get to add anything. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I will let you guys. I will let you guys start because, of course, because then I get to end it on a positive note about this this movie. I know Sasha's already touched on a little bit why she doesn't like this movie, um, but so I'll turn it over to you, Sasha. So, tell me why you are so wrong and why you do not like this masterpiece of a film.
2: <laughs> so I am unpopular opinion that I do not like The Sixth Sense I am horribly horribly wrong I'm amazed that Aaron has let me still on the podcast on this episode about paranormal films I'll keep it super short Um, unfortunately for me I figured out the twist to The Sixth Sense and then found it extremely boring and pointless and um dreary and that's my unpopular opinion and I will go ahead and mute now (laughs)
1: Well, and see, I can. I mean, I'm. I'm joking, saying that you know you're wrong.
2: I mean, you are wrong, but um. (laughs) fair. It's fair. But I also, I'm not an M Night Shyamalan fan. Me
1: either. At all. Me either. either. I don't like the guy at all. But but um, but I understand. If I had known going in, the twist. I probably would have been upset. I mean, I've spoiled myself for a lot of movies where there's twists. Like I've gone ahead and listened to things that I knew were going to be spoiling things. Like I got spoiled on some of get out, um, before I saw it, but I still loved it. But, but I think with this one, I could see how that would lose its power because that scene to me with the reveal of, of course, we're going to spoil it here with the reveal that Bruce Willis's character has been dead this whole time. That whole last scene with his wife, I think is so emotional, um that if you didn't that if you already figured it out, I can see how it would lose some of its power there. so I can totally totally understand that. And if this movie came out today, <laughs> it would be spoiled within the first day, you know, because you didn't back then you didn't have the social media that we have, so yeah, it would have been sadly spoiled. Okay, so Susie, you want to explain why you're wrong as well? <laughs> Susie, Susie, are you there? She left.
2: <laughs> she uh, she gave the finger up, like, hold on a second, and then disappeared. She's so wrong, she had to leave the building.
1: <laughs> See, she knows how wrong her opinion is that she wanted to just dash away and leave.
2: Okay, Susie. She had to escape before you berated her.
1: <laughs> Susie, are you ready to um, defend your opinion yes. that is totally wrong?
3: <laughs> Sorry, uh, but my dog was going a little crazy. <laughs> Um. so okay I know Aaron and Sasha said they're not big M. Night fans and wow. listen after what he did to Avatar The Last Airbender I am wary to trust him with anything now but like the only two film of his that I have somewhat of a soft spot for are uh, The Village and uh, Lady in the Water I think listen Listen, I see your face of disbelief, Sasha. I I I really like The Village because I have a really big crush on Bryce Tyler's Howard and seeing her in period clothing does something to me, alright? Alright? And also like the violin the like the violin music in that movie is also pretty good. And also just again, was she also in Lady in the Water? I think so. Again, she does things for me, so you know, it's 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 mostly that. <laughs> but um, okay, so this is like a really big left turn. Uh, okay, um, I watched Fifty First Dates as a kid, and in that movie, uh, Drew Barrymore is like has like short term memory loss, and she only remembers the day or whatever, and the only day she keeps repeating is the day that her dad gifted her the sixth sense for her birthday. And so she, she and her family just keep watching it over and over again. And so each day she relives the twist ending and she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe he was a ghost. It's just, it's mind blowing. And like her whole family's like, yeah, I know. What a surprise because <laughs> they've seen this like for. They've been seeing the same movie for a little bit over a year. and They've had to act surprised each time. But that kind of like spoiled it for me. So then later when I did watch it, I was like, the mystique is gone. Like, there's no mystery here. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess it's pre- I mean, it, it is pretty good acting from Bruce Willis. And um, I think Haley Joel Osment. is that the kid's name? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good acting from both our parts, but just, like, the mist, the, it's not, like, when you when you get the ending spoiled for you, or when you know what the ending is, that you're just like, that's it. No mas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, see, I, I can understand that. Um, okay, so now I'm going to tell you why this movie is means a lot to me. Okay, this movie means a lot to me. This I actually took my mom to see this on one of the showings. I saw this movie in the theater maybe 3 or 4 times at least. Um this to me was the most accurate depiction of what it's like when you really have paranormal experiences your whole entire life. When you see spirits occasionally when you deal with spirits when you walk into a place and you see stuff that other people don't or you know things that happen there that didn't this to me was like wow this person really did their research really knows what they're talking about and Haley Joel Osment's character and the way he um played that part uh you know he truly one of the best child performances ever in my opinion um and of He was just so brilliant. And and I I have a soft spot for Bruce Willis, and I always will because of Moonlighting. So I really loved him in this, too. And so for me, it was an emotional journey kind of movie. And I took my mom to see it to be like, Mom, I just want to sort of explain to you what has been going on my whole entire life. And all these experiences I've had, which were nowhere near on the same level, but we're still kind of had the same feel to it. And so I was like, I want you to watch this and you'll be able to get this better than I can po- probably explain it to you. So for me, this movie means a lot on a very, very deep level. Um, and the scene at the end when he's talking to his mom in the car, who play, play, played by the brilliant Tony Collette, and he's coming clean to her and finally telling her what's going on. And he talks about her mom visiting him and all that stuff. I was just a mess when I first saw that. I just was sobbing. And then I cried a lot at the reveal as well. Um, And I just thought it was so beautifully done. And the fact that the mom didn't instantly turn away from her son and that she never was shown turning away from her son through the whole movie was pretty remarkable, I thought, because... Most people turned away from him, and I loved that Bruce Willis, all it took his character, and yes, he's a ghost, but he didn't know this at this time. But all it took for him to believe this kid was to actually listen back to the tape of his patient, the patient that when he was an adult ended up killing him. Um, All he had to do was listen to that, and then he ended up hearing, you know, the noise of the ghost that was there in the room with the kid, and then he instantly believed And then he instantly helped come up with a solution. And to me, he was like the guardian angel for Cole. And I have my own couple of guardian angel spirits that I have called on in the past. Um, You know, whether you believe this or not, I don't really care. And so I understood that too. So that to me was what he represented. So for me, that's why this movie will always, always be special to me. Um, you know, I rewatched it last night and I still cried um, and I hadn't watched it in quite a few years. Um, and that's why it was so disappointing to me that all the subsequent movies by M. Night Shyamalan were just not as good um, or too downright terrible. Um, I enjoyed the sign and I enjoyed signs. Um, I didn't think it was brilliant, but I enjoyed it. I didn't like Unbreakable at all um I hated the village sorry Susie but I hated the village I never saw the lady in the water because he just started disappointing me too much and the problem was is he his twist for almost everybody worked really well in the sixth sense and then he just went okay I have to do a twist in everyone so then you're just waiting for it and that takes away from the movie um like I thought Split was a really good movie until the stupid twist so it's like you know that so that's why it's just so disappointing when you see a filmmaker that makes a movie that for you is so personal and so profound and um same thing happened with uh, Donnie Darko by the way with the director of Donnie Darko um but when someone makes a movie that you feel such a profound connection to and then everything else they make is just like ego to me you know and playing off of that playing off of that success so Okay, so I'm going to get off my six cents
2: box here. Well, but now I see why it means so much to you. And knowing that, A, I feel like an ass for hating on it so much. um, But it's just, it was spoiled for me. But knowing your personal connection to it, I can see why this is one of your top, like, you love this movie and I get it. And I'm glad that it wasn't spoiled for you and you didn't you know you didn't see the twist coming or anything like that so that it is that amazing piece of work for you like i think that's super cool and i get where you're coming from and i can hear it and hear the passion you have for it and uh i i can appreciate your views on it and admit that i am horribly horribly mistakenly wrong
1: (laughs) no no you're entitled to not like i mean there are movies like like I've mentioned before in a previous episode, I hate the silence of the lambs. I think that's one of the worst movies in the world. And Whoa. people adore what? that movie. Yeah. I what? hate that movie. I absolutely right, despise that movie. See, see, so now we're even, now we're even. So I, no, I totally, I, I seriously am just totally joking. You guys are, t- I mean, everybody is entitled no, to don't. not like this movie. Um, I get it. And I think that's just, I think, honestly, I think, even if I had known about the twist, I still think it would have had the same impact on me um because of the personal relation to it, which I don't think necessarily everybody had when they were watching this movie. It's not really a movie I don't think where most people went into it and went, "Oh gosh, I can really relate to this so um so I think you know for me that's 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 what it is but but, like I told you but like I just said. I don't like Silence of the Lambs, and 99.9% of people that like those kind of movies adore that movie. So, (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about another movie that deals with this, and I know you rewatched this, Sasha, um, and it's the movie Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon, and I think this is one of the most underrated movies out there in this genre. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So I want to get everybody else's thoughts on this. I, I I'm thinking we probably won't all disagree on this one. We'll see. <laughs> um. So what are your thoughts on stir of echoes, Sasha?
2: Yeah. So I had seen it originally and then I watched it again recently just for this. And um, I agree. It's a really well thought out, It's cool. It's a good movie. Um, I have to throw out there and I need somebody to respond to like the Facebook page for this or something. This is the same neighborhood and the same set as Shameless. I need somebody to confirm that for me because I'm watching it and I'm like, it's Shameless. Like I recognize that house. I recognize that other house. It's the same set from Shameless. It's the same neighborhood. It has to be. It's making me crazy. Um, Back to the movie itself. I I love the story of how the... Spoilers, for those of you who haven't seen this movie from the 90s. Um, the girl that is the ghost is like trying to get people to solve her murder. It's like, I've, I've been killed. Come help me. Come help me. I need you to figure this out so that I can be at peace. Um, and it's just... It's a very tragic story really Um, but it's very cool also um, if you are taking classes on how to hypnotize people don't do it at a drunken party I feel like that's my disclaimer like Aaron is like don't get a Ouija board they're bad for me let's not play around in people's subconscious bad plan don't do it that's my thing um, but I, I did. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fantastic. And, you know, I'll let you guys talk about.
1: I want to add just a quick trivia before I turn to you, Susie, um, for the hypnosis sequence, because I think this is really fascinating. I was listening to another podcast um, the other day. And they were talking about some movie where they had hip, hypnotism in there. And and one of the people on there was saying, you know, it, it was hip, hypnotism scares me because I'm always worried in a movie I'm going to get hypnotized watching one of those. Um, but of course, most people say that stuff is not the way you really do hypnotize somebody, but the, excuse me, the hypnosis sequence, um, I'm going to read this from IMDB trivia. The hypnosis sequence in which Tom played by Kevin Bacon is hypnotized for the first time follows actual hypnosis techniques used by professional hypnotists in order to ensure that the audience hasn't been put to sleep. And some susceptible people, I guess, have been. There's a musical accent at the close of the sequence to wake everyone up. So I just think that's really fascinating. <laughs> a little bit of trivia there. Yeah. 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 So, um, Susie, what are your thoughts on Stir of Echoes?
3: I want to say that bit of trivia is like really interesting about like having the little, like, um, the little chime to like unhypnotize everyone if they were. I wonder. Like, what prompted them to do that? Like, if there was a movie in the past where the audience was hypnotized and then they were like, oh, no! What do we do to undo this? Like, I wonder if there was maybe, like, a catalyst for that or something or if they were just like, we gotta cover all our bases, make sure no one gets hypnotized. But, I mean, that, that is really cool. Uh, I do agree with Sasha. Don't mess around with other spirits and other people's heads. Even less so when you're inebriated or under the influence of something, because that's when things can hit the fan, and you don't want it to. Um, I do think the movie is really good, and I do like this um this like theme of like ghosts. Well, I, I is it a, is it a theme? I forget. Um, well, this like a uh, story, a uh, point of um. Uh, what's it called of like ghosts reaching out for help because uh, my own family has come across this a few times where like they have had ghosts like reach out to them for help and then they go about like seeing how they can help them and, and like aid them and moving on and forward and such so i do think it's really interesting to like see them movies and i love me some bacon <laughs> Stone Bacon is always good in your movie. Just going to point that out.
1: <laughs> yes, I <laughs> I agree with that. And um, yeah, Sasha, I don't know if you wanted to pre- <laughs> mention that because I know we were talking about Kevin Bacon before we started here.
2: <laughs> so here's my thing with Kevin Bacon. There is something about him that I simultaneously love and adore. And then there's something that I'm just like, meh. There's just a weird thing. And I I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is, but there's... I do love me some bacon, Um, and that's weird to say as a vegan. But (laughs) just going to throw it out there. But there is something that I we were talking about. I just I love part of him, and then there's something where I'm like, I don't know what it is. Like, is there something about his face that you're just like, what is going on? I don't know. Yeah,
3: and like I
1: said,
3: charisma. Charisma is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe like that charisma and mannerisms because I know like at a point where I really, like, loved Kevin Bacon, was as a child, we, we, my whole family would watch Tremors. That was, like, my favorite movie as a kid. And I think that was, like, little, like, little baby me was like, I love you, Kevin Bacon. You're the best. <laughs> like, that was one of the things. Like, just his acting in that movie is superb. Like, I just, I just, oh,
2: I just love it.
1: Yeah, I I really, really adore Kevin Bacon. Um, but I do see what you're saying, Sasha. There is something very he's just a very different, unique person. And it is interesting, you know, of course, that there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, which he turned into a whole charity thing as well. I wanted to mention. Um, he also has a pit bull, so I love him for that. He's also a musician with his brother, the Bacon brothers they have a band. Um so I just want to mention that he's also a, a pretty good dancer. Um, and and you know there's what the movie this is totally off topic sort of but the movie that I made me really fall in love with Kevin Bacon is actually the movie she's having a baby. <laughs> I love that movie so I'm just gonna, we'll mention that when we uh, talk about John Hughes movies coming up in December, but yeah, I I I I love him in that movie. Um, but I just I think Stir of Echoes is so well done and so well written, and I think the acting is really really good. I think what Kevin Bacon does here is so fascinating because it's like. What you really discover going through this, I think, and especially with the ending scene where you see his son and his son is like hearing all these voices in his head, um, is he always had this ability. His character always had this ability to see things and hear things that weren't there um, to sort of get a feel for people and know when somebody's done something wrong and bad. And it's just been so, so suppressed in him. And we'll talk also about this when we mentioned Insidious. But that's been so suppressed within him that, you know, when someone goes and messes in his head, which they shouldn't have done. And they knew they shouldn't have done. They even mentioned they shouldn't be doing this, he, you know, when people are inebriated. Um, just awakened that. And it was like he could not escape it. And he just delved deeper and deeper into it. And the whole scene where he's digging and digging and digging and digging. And, you know, his wife has gone. And, you know, because his wife's grandmother passed away. And so she's left for that funeral. And he's still just digging and digging. And the whole house is practically destroyed. And you can see that there's kind of this edge of, like, he's doing something great. But there's this edge of almost... Insanity there kind of edging over to even being almost like, um, you know, the dad in the shining or people from Amityville horror. That's what I think so interesting about this movie is watching this character who seems like such a cynic going down this path where he's basically all that cynicism is sort of going out the window and him having to deal with that and his family having to deal with that so yeah i think it's just a fascinating movie and um it really really made me look at the song um paint it black you know by rolling stones in a different light um and the whole scene where you see How the ghost, the girl was murdered, how brutally she was murdered and attacked is so creepy and heartbreaking and that whole ending, everything just, you know, it's really kind of, it's a really tragic, tragic story um, that I think is so well done. And I will mention really quickly and I've never seen it. There is a sequel to this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I never watched it, but there is a sequel. Um, let me see again when it came out. I should have, but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing nobody else saw this. Stir of Echoes, The Homecoming, Rob Lowe is in it.
2: <laughs> nope. I am not up on my sequel game. I feel like after slasher movies, I there are no other movies that need sequels the only way I can see doing a sequel to
1: this that would make sort of logical sense is if in the sequel, it was about the sun because you could see the sun had the same powers, but I don't even think that's what this is about because this came out in 2007 and I didn't see it. Um, it's called serve echoes the homecoming. And it says a soldier returns home from the Iraq war only to be haunted by visions of the dead. So doesn't sound like it follows the same
3: thing. So, <laughs> Yeah, it says the only connection to the previous movie is the son who just does. Oh, I he think like a cameo him. appearance. Oh, a cameo. A, a appearance. Can't okay.
1: Yeah, that does. Yeah, that doesn't make. Yeah, doesn't make sense. But. Okay, um, and I know there's probably more movies that are, there are a lot more movies that fit this trope that's within the paranormal genre. And when we close out, I'll ask if anybody has any other ones they want to mention. But now let's move on to something that happened um, in the early 2000s a lot. And that's when you would see American versions of Japanese horror films. And probably the two most well-known ones that did this are The Grudge and The Ring. Um, and so i just want to get everybody's thoughts on the american versions of these if you've seen the originals please
2: feel free to mention that as well um sasha um yeah so first of all can we just take a second to appreciate that asian horror is terrifying because their horror is very much like supernatural you can't outrun it you can't escape it no matter what you do it's going to get you and that is just beyond freaky um so admittedly i haven't seen the grudge in a long time and i was tempted to watch the original the other night but um opted not to so from that one i just remember the freaky like it's a lot of the hair in front of the face and that weird crawling and the spider crawl the, it's weird body movements is what i remember from that one and then i did rewatch the ring and um i just want to appreciate a person who goes to the library and does all the research because that solved like the whole mystery of what was going on it didn't solve the issue of you're going to die within seven days. But it somebody who took the time to do the research and figure out what was happening um, was kind of cool because a lot of horror movies don't do that. They just try and figure out how to beat the bad thing and run away. Um, so I, I liked all the research, but I'm also kind of a nerd like that, so it's fine. Um, but again, that one had hair in the face when she climbed out of the well through the TV. It was just, don't move like that. Just don't. I don't like it when people move like that. And that little kid also was drawing some very creepy things because it was all in his head, too. So, yeah, kids and horror movies, man.
1: Yep. Like you said before we started recording, we'll have to do a whole episode sometime just about kids and horror. They're terrifying.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree yeah and Susie your thoughts on these as I said with like kids and horror movies just like throw the whole kid away you know <laughs> you don't need that get yourself like a nice dog a nice cat a nice pet they'll warn you of any goings on and then you can like go and fully prepare I also, I also really like how I agree with Sasha I really like how in the ring she like that she takes the moment to like go to the library and do some research, look stuff up cuz sometimes you have to know what you're getting into and deduce kind of what is going on and just get all the information you can and then know how to then you'll probably have a better grasp on how to deal with things. No, but um I do think I I really love um like Asian horror movies because they do such a good job of Scaring the bejesus out of you. Like, I don't know if either of you have seen it, but um, The Audition oh, that movie. Oh, it's like it makes you squeamish in like the worst and the best way. And and you're like, you're just watching, like, oh no, but, ah, if you want to not sleep for a night or two, that's the one, that's the one. You gotta stay up, like, writing papers or something, or just, like, anything that you need to stay awake for. If you got a long drive, just, like, watch that movie beforehand. Just stay awake for a while. It's good, like... (laughs) It's good, like, wake-up motivation juice stuff. I don't know. Um... (laughs) But I do, like, I do... I I do think that there needs to be probably like a whole separate episode about like how creepy kids are in horror movies because right. it's just I think you can even go into like why they why they were even included in horror movies or just like inherently kids are creepy anyway. But, you know, uh, but oh, um, but the ring, I think and I haven't seen the original that it's based off of. Uh, which I think is just called Ringu. Yeah. But um, it's it's really interesting how, okay, I want to, okay, somehow the Boys and Girls Club of America, which as I don't know if you may or may not know, is full of small children. They thought, I'm sorry to put you on blast, but they thought it was a good idea to show this movie to children. (laughs) um in their defense we they were like oh you could it it can only be i think like 13 and up so if you like were 12 13 you hit the mark but other than that you can watch it but uh, we were still like young children so we watched it and i had watched it like years before and i was completely fine with it but all my friends watched it and they were freaked out so of course me being me since i had the long brown hairs <laughs> i like I would just, <laughs> I think for like a week after that, I would like flip my hair over my face and just pop around a corner real quick <laughs> and scare the
2: bejesus out of them. <laughs> oh, God.
3: It's not good. <laughs> I mean, I had fun. They they had some fun too, you know. After the initial screaming, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, good times. So, did you, uh,
1: you use some of your, um, you know, different movements that you would also that you also used from the exorcism movies? Did you combine them?
3: No, no, I didn't want to like. <laughs> fully terrify Overdo them. It. I just wanted to give them, like, a little spook. <laughs> so, the only thing I would do is just, like, pull my hair over my head, pop around the corner, and just, like, slowly wave, <laughs> or just, like, stand there until they noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> Which would lead to, like, Susie, what are you doing? Like, oh, just hang in, you know. Oh, it's my hair in my face. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> That's-
3: Did you see the grudge? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, Again, same thing, you know, like, hair over the head, just like, scaring people. Oh, good (laughs) times. I mean, I mean, I scared them because I know what it is to be scared like that. So uh, at least I think, like, when you do that then you know, when to, like, push and when to pull back. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go out to, like, fully, like, terrify them. Just Just keep them a little spook, keep them alive, keep that blood running, you know, make sure everything's working right. That's so funny. You're backing me up, Susie. (laughs) Um, You should run your own haunted house. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get to go over this in the, like, the Why We Love Horror episode, but, like, Haunters? Okay, I'm gonna go off on a little tangent. McKamey Manor is the worst haunted house in the history of haunted houses, because the owner is just a piece of garbage. He's sick, he's demented. He gets, he's absolutely like, he, demented. Okay, um I don't know if you've there's like a horror documentary called mm-hmm. I think Haunters: The Art yeah. of the Scare. Yeah. And on Shudder. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um the I think the the director for it um I I saw an in interview that he did and he mentioned how um He was like, this guy is like something's off with him because I asked him, do you go through your own like haunted house, you know, just to see like maybe where it's too extreme and you need to push back or where you need to scare like a little bit more. And he told him like, no, I don't go through my own haunted house. That's crazy. Are you, are you kidding me? And he said that like the most successful haunts or the best haunters are the ones that go through the haunted house because they know what it is what it's like to be scared and to be taken to that point and so they know when to like pull back or when to like or or when to just like give a little bit more or just like they're they have empathy and they're conscious (laughs) of what the guests and people they're doing it are going through Mm -hmm. but this guy he went out and like hired ex-navy seals to like do his haunted house (laughs) to like provide the scares it's no, sir. No. I think the house is like shut down now. Thank goodness. But just the man is insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's groups, just really quickly, just and then then we'll circle back around. But this guy, if if, it, if everybody doesn't know who this person is, and I didn't before I watched this documentary, he does extreme an extreme haunted house where you have to sign a waiver. It's pages and pages, pages long. You mm-hmm. have to go to a therapist and get cleared. Um, there's a waiting list that's years and years long and it's basically you go through and they interview you and they torment you with what is, what, what would scare you the most. They have physically actually pulled out people's teeth. Um, they physically harm you. They will give you stuff to eat. You don't know what it is. All this sort of weird stuff. And there's a lot of groups out there that have been trying To get him shut down, supposedly he was really abusive to his children, um, emotionally abusive. Um, He – you know, his children have been on podcasts talking about this and when they left. And he's really like a a sociopath Um, and he really is getting off on this and he films the whole entire thing and uploads – uploads the events, it's like hours, it's an, it's hours and hours of torture, basically, that he puts these people through, and he uploads it on YouTube, and a lot of people can't make it through, and you're supposed to be able to kind of tap out, and sometimes they won't let you leave, it's really just, just research it, it's really, really creepy, and upsetting and disturbing, so yeah, we'll circle back around to um, The Ring and The Grudge which I prefer The Ring to The Grudge. I think The Ring, and I haven't seen the original for either of these, I will say right off the bat, but I think The Ring is a lot creepier. Um, The Grudge to me is kind of, you saw a lot of movies in the early 2000s that kind of followed the same pattern. They were a lot of remakes of Asian horror movies, but you also would see new ones that would come about where it is a lot where it is the paranormal and some kind of entity that's haunting you and attached to you or some entity that was created from some violent thing that happened. Um, And I think the grudge is kind of a cheaper version of this. Um, But the ring to me is, it's just so, so creepy. The whole scene with her coming out of the well and you just kind of want to look away. You don't want to see her get closer and closer and closer. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. I can't look, I can't look, I can't look. Um, And it still stays with me. Like even just, even if clips start to play on TV, I'm like, okay, is this going to be the clip where she crawls out and you actually see her come forward? Um, But I think that one is really well done. Um, And I would be curious, someday I should watch the original because I've heard the original, of course, is 10 times better. So, yeah, and I think that's, that's a thing we tend to do here in America is take... Uh, really good films, um, foreign films, and then we try and make them American. Um, And sometimes it works, but a lot of times it doesn't. I think that during this period when that kept happening, there were a lot of good ones and then a lot of really bad ones. A lot of duds. Um, I know they recently redid The Grudge or did a new The Grudge movie. I thought it it came out this year. It was absolutely horrible. Frankly, it was kind of boring. (laughs) Which... These movies should not be boring. So yeah, I will say that one was kind of boring. Um, And I will add really quickly, even though Audition is not at all a paranormal movie, but I just want to say this really quickly. The garbage scene, the garbage bag scene, I'm just going to say that. Sasha, have you have you seen Audition? No. Okay. Well, when you see it, you'll know what we mean when we say (laughs) the garbage vaccine. Because everybody knows what you mean when you're talking about that movie. Yeah. That's one of those that, you know, there are a lot of those that are out there that are so creepy and freaky that they burrow under your skin, I think, and get into your psyche a lot deeper than other ones do. And I think Audition is definitely one of those. There's also a movie called Martyrs that is... The French version, I didn't see the American version. That's also like that, where actually in the French version, the director does an introduction to it where he says, I don't know if you should even be watching this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, which, which of course is a marketing ploy. But at the same time, I did fast forward through a lot of that movie, I will say. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry, we got on, off on a lot of tangents with that, so we're going to bring it back to a lot more paranormal. And for a while, you didn't have as many paranormal movies. There was a lot of, like, torture porn and stuff like that taking over with with horror films. Uh, but then you had sort of it come back around with um, The Conjuring the first Conjuring, and with Insidious and films like that. And next year we're going to delve deep into the Conjuring universe and talk about those. But I just want to get everyone's thoughts on any of those movies that are in that universe. There's, of course, the Annabelle movies that are part of that. Um, there's been a sequel to The Conjuring. There's a third Conjuring coming out. So what does everybody think about um, The Conjuring? And then we'll talk about Insidious. So your thoughts,
2: Sasha. Um, I haven't seen any of them. Oh, look at their faces. Oh, I needed a screenshot of that. (laughs) For our listeners, Aaron and Susie, both their jaws hit the floor and they got really bug-eyed. And now Susie is glaring at me. I have not seen any of The Conjuring nor Insidious. So I'm going to let y'all have a conversation about that. I know I'm I'm going away now.
1: No, that's it's kind of is a callback to in our true crime podcast episode <laughs> when so many people had not <laughs> watched um serial. That's kind of a callback to that. But so, Susie, you have seen these movies, right? Oh yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> okay, your
3: thoughts on on them? Okay, so um, the first Conjuring movie, uh, I really liked. Uh, I t- something that I really despise that that some horror movies do, especially like the paranormal ones, is that they like they have an over-reliance on jump scares. And going into that movie I was like, if this movie is an over-reliance on jump scares, I am going to flip my lid. It was not, thank goodness. <laughs> Even though like um I I watched like some um behind the scenes about the movie and the director James Alon, was like I don't I don't wanna rely on um jump scares. I do wanna like pepper in a few here and there, but I don't want it to be just that. I want it to be like the, the about atmospheric and have it um like be you know, like on music and the acting and this and that. So I was really happy that that's um something that he chose to like focus on rather than just like let's throw in some jump scares, see which ones stick. You know, um I do think that, that I'm gonna sorry Sasha I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you although I think the scene is in one of the trailers um, the scene where the mom is I think she's in the basement alone and she lights the um, the match after she play- she's playing like the Marco Polo clapping game with her kids and then it's just her in the darkness with that like one match and then two little hands come out of the darkness and go and then the light goes out and she's like ah it was like that was good that mm, 10 out of 10 some good stuff Uh, I really like the second one because that's what kind of uh, this like calls back to the why we love horror episode where I mentioned that me and my mom spent the whole movie saying that the nun was angry because no one wanted to buy her rum (laughs) so it's just like the fun memories of the rum I really like I really like that and also it features um, Javier Botet who is, like, one of my favorite character actors. He's been in, like, so many, like, horror movies now. But he's just... He's also a very... He's also a very sexy man. I want to put that out there. He was in a, another, like, demonic possession-ish horror movie that he's been in is uh, Wreck, which is uh, more of, like, um, a Spanish horror movie. like, But that they remade into the movie quarantine don't watch quarantine it sucks (laughs) it's basically a beat for beat like just like rehash of wreck but wreck is like so much better and i the sequels to wreck are still kind of good but you know just just watch wreck it's good it's gonna be a good time you'll like it you'll like it um (laughs) And, uh, just a little, the Insidious. I, okay, I can't watch Insidious and be scared after someone, I think someone mentioned that, like, oh, this movie is just about Darth Maul's meth-head cousin. <laughs> like, I can't, like, in reference to the demon in that movie, like, I can't unsee that now every time I watch it, so whenever he pops up on screen, I just giggle. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, it's Sometimes, sometimes. And I can't wait to see the um like the third one. I can't wait to see what they do with that. But uh the Annabelle movies They're okay. It's just I feel like they really missed they real like I know they went with like the, the creepy Annabelle doll, but the original one is a Raggedy Ann doll and I feel like you could play so much more with that like perceived innocence turns demonic and horrible like i feel like they could have done so much more if they just went with like a raggedy ann doll rather than just like it's a creepy doll of course she's going to be creepy and weird Mm -hmm. i just i have feelings about annabelle i'm like they should have done raggedy ann
1: yeah yeah and and i mean because like you said when you look at that annabelle doll She's creepy already. She just is. It's just a creepy doll. Who in the world would ever want that doll? I will say really quickly, as an aside, I was in someone's house not too long ago, and they had an Annabelle doll. I mean, they had a doll that looks just like Annabelle. And I said, is that an Annabelle doll? And they said, yeah, we found it in an antique shop. I'm like, why would you want that thing? And it was just sitting there on their fireplace. And it was so creepy. Yeah, that was, I mean, I was like, okay, I
3: want to get out of here. (laughs) Just like, first the door, I'm just going to like step out for a second. And then you just hear like the car speeding away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I do think it would have been, uh, you know, interesting if they had stuck with the supposed haunted Raggedy Ann. Which, um, you know, and I didn't mention, of course, if you don't know. The Conjuring Universe movies are all about um, Ed Ed and Lorraine Warren, all their files of all the haunts and stuff that they went to. And when we do our episode next year, which means, Sasha, you're going to have to start what you're going to have to watch them When we talk about the Conjuring Universe next year thoroughly, we'll talk a lot about the Warrens um, because I just think it's interesting to get in depth with that. So yeah, but but what's interesting about Insidious and of course the conjuring is of course these were done by James Wan. And James Wan was known before this as being the person that created torture porn because he did saw. Which, as we've discussed before, really, you can look at it and not see that as a torture porn movie. That was never what he set out to do. A lot of the stuff that happened and Saw happened because they didn't have the budget <laughs> or they were happy accidents, that kind of thing. So it wasn't ever he was setting out to make something that was really grotesque. It just happened to happen. It happened that way. Um So he definitely wanted to pull away from that, I believe, and didn't want to just be known as a torture porn person. And I think he's really, really good at doing the paranormal genre. He's really good at um, creeping you out. And like you said, Susie, not relying strictly on a jump scare because those do get overdone. There's little things that he does in these movies that... um, Scare you as much as a jump scare would, I think, without actually having that jump. And yeah, the clapping scene, that clap when you see those hands come out of the shadow is one of the scariest things because it just gets you. It's just at, in, not in a cheap way at all. Um, it just, and you feel the terror that the mom is feeling. And of course, that movie has a lot to do with possession as well. And I want to give a shout out on that movie because one of my all time favorite actresses and everybody has seen her in movies, but you don't necessarily know her is Lily Taylor. And she's of course the mom in this movie and she's really, really good. She's really good at playing vulnerable and someone who's in a lot of pain. Um, And you can see a lot of depth to her and you kind of, you want to help her in some way, no matter what character she's playing. I think you can even see it and say anything when she's, always singing the songs about Joe lying and stuff, you can still see that vulnerability there. I think she's she's really good at that, really good at playing fragile, but there's a strength underneath there. And Vera Farmiga, I think, is a goddess. <laughs> she's an absolute goddess. When you finally watch Bates Motel, Sasha, you will see how much of a goddess she is when she plays Norma Bates. She is the... Oh, I, I love that woman so, so much. She's just she's one of my little crushes there because she she is just so brilliant and wonderful and beautiful and lovely to watch and she's a really cool person in real life so i just i just adore her so i love watching her in these i think it was the perfect perfect casting there and then i want to mention patrick wilson because patrick wilson is an actor that kind of is under the radar. I think he's always been under the radar and he's a really good actor who I mentioned him briefly when we talked about hard candy, he's in that movie and really freaky in that movie. And I think um, a lot, the the same way that um, you could say um, Ethan Hawke has sort of found this, niche in horror films. I think that's kind of how he makes his money now so that he can do a lot of the more independent films. Patrick Wilson has too, because Patrick Wilson is not only in the conjuring, but he's in the insidious films. And he's really good in Insidious. I'm not going to spoil this for Sasha, but the final scene in Insidious, oh, he plays that so well. Superb. Um and what Patrick Wilson is really good at is playing that everyman and someone who's having these weird things happen to him um and so he you kind of could gloss over the fact that he's doing a really really good performance because he's not overly showy even though he's in these these movies that are very showy um but he and he just gets that horror thing he knows how to do horror i don't know personally if this was the genre that he liked before this but i just think he fits really well in this genre um Especially in Insidious, even more so than in The Conjuring ones. Um, and then Insidious, I just want to shout out the opening credits for Insidious, and I think I've mentioned this before in here, are some of the best credits ever for any movie ever, hands down. I could just watch those credits and not even have to watch the rest of the movie. Um, and and I think that movie is really, really creepy, in this different kind of way. And you never want to listen to that um, Tiptoe Through the Tulip song ever again. <laughs> yeah, that one adds, it's, it's, oh. yeah, after that movie, it's the same thing like when I was mentioning um, Paint It Black. Yeah, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. And then I really want to give a quick shout out to Rose McGowan as well, who is in the insidious, or I mean, Rose Byrne, sorry, not Rose McGowan, Rose Byrne, who is in the um, insidious movie. She's really good too. And I think she's a really good actress who also doesn't get a lot of attention, but we talked about it in our representation in horror, the first Annabelle and some problems with that one. And it's just not very good, but I do think the sequels to Annabelle, like the second one, and then the most recent one that came out, Annabelle comes home are actually pretty good. Um, And especially the most recent one, you know, I think they're kind of interesting, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see it as the Raggedy Ann doll. Um, And I really, I tried to watch The Nun and I was bored out of my mind. So maybe I'll try and rewatch it again sometime. But I I think these are really interesting movies, the Conjuring ones, the actual ones, not the spinoffs from them. Um, are really good films that take characters, the Warrens that I don't like and make me like them. <laughs> so I think that's what's so interesting about them. And I'm excited to see the third one as well. So so now um, I just want to briefly just go around and just see, because there's so many movies in this genre that I couldn't name them all on here, but I just want to briefly see maybe there are like maybe two or three other movies you want to give a quick shout out to, Sasha?
2: Yep. So, um, I just want to, under the possession one, and I already mentioned it with Amityville, but The Shining, um, I mean, that is definitely, and that one's near and dear, and I've talked about it before. The Shining is the first book I remember reading cover to cover in one sitting, when I was like 12, um, you know, so that The Shining has got one of those things for me, um, but I was, It's funny, because when the ghost ones, I was surprised to not see uh, the others on your list with Nicole Kidman, which is basically an entire family, and they're, you know, it's her and her children, and the children are, what is it, photosensitive, so they can't be in the light. So she continues to, like, close the curtains, but then the curtains open up, and I won't spoil it for anybody, but it's that's a very ghosty one. Um, And then I'm going to throw out there uh, 13 Ghosts. Which, have you seen that? Have either of you seen that one? With, um... Oh my god, what is his name? Matthew Lillard from Scream is in it. It, There's basically this guy who is collecting ghosts in a house. He's got them in glass boxes. They're in, like, their own little prison cells living out their things over and over. Um, So it's kind of a ghost comedy horror-ish? It's just one of those kind of funky ones, so... Uh, And then... One last one is Shutter not to be confused with the streaming service that Aaron loves but Shutter with T's not D's um, which a couple I think it's the hit and run and then in pictures that they develop there's ghosts that show up Um, but that's got uh, Jackson from Dawson's Creek what is his first name? Joshua Jackson there you go (laughs) I love him. So I had to say it that way. (laughs) And I was surprised not to see that one on there because I know you love him.
1: I forgot all about that movie. That's why. (laughs)
2: Okay. That's fair. So those are the movies I'm going to throw out there for people to add to their watch list. Um, Just if you want a good ghost movie.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I cannot believe I forgot about the others. I was seriously, there are so many movies. (laughs) fit in this and yeah I can't believe I forgot that. And it's weird that I didn't put the shining on there and I almost had us talk about it when we were kind of mentioning it. I think sometime we'll just have to do an episode about the shining um cuz there's so many things you can talk about with that. I mean there's a whole documentary about people that look at the shining the movie, not the book, and see all these hidden meanings that they say were <laughs> trying to be that Kubrick was trying to put in there. So we'll definitely have to do an episode at some point, just talking about that. Just, just out of curiosity, did you see Doctor Sleep?
2: Yes, yes, I did. It's excellent. Maybe mm-hmm. you should just do an entire episode on like Stephen King.
1: I um, have that. I have that down to do a Stephen King episode in the future, and yeah. also I also want to do a Dean Koontz episode because I prefer Dean Koontz to king so yeah yeah i do have that on there yeah definitely because christine
2: could be another possession one the car
1: yes yes yeah and i'm and i you know that's a movie i think that movie is so good and i know a lot of people think it's ridiculous but i think that movie is really funny you know yeah
2: it's good i like it um paranormal activity wasn't on your list those movies i I can't stand
1: (laughs) I almost put it on there. I almost put it on there. And then
2: I took it off. (laughs) There is a scene. Those movies aren't even, like, well done. Because there's a scene where they're coming down the stairs. And you can see the boom mic still in the shot. (laughs) Uh,
1: I will say, in defense of that movie, I think the first one was pretty scary when you saw it in the theater. Because I saw it with a friend. And there was, like, maybe one or two other people in there. And there was something about that that made it... Um, a little bit freaky and I will say in defense of seeing things is I think you could almost say that's okay because of what the movie was trying to say almost but I think it kind of goes into the whole realm of like Blair Witch Project it kind of goes in that whole thing where it's a gimmick and then it just and it's scary at first and then now it's just nothing (laughs) I think it's the same kind of thing so Um, Susie do you have any that you want to give any uh, paranormal films you want to give a shout out to? Uh,
3: I think paranormal activity and everything and like all the, the found footage movies that came after it. I just, I, I can't stand found footage movies, which is really funny because one of my most favorite like series of movies is the Rec series, which is essentially like all four of those movies in that series are found footage, but it, it's just, it's done so well. That's Like it's done so well And like the acting is so good That I just, I'm like I forgive you Just give me, just give me more uh, But yeah like I would recommend Like watch uh, the Wreck series If you've watched Quarantine Just forget you've ever watched it And just just watch Wreck And then Wreck 2, and then Rec 3 And then Wreck 4 Although I will say your favorite rep- Well my favorite of that series is probably Wreck 3 Because um, it takes, it's like it's it's um it starts out a little bit as found footage and then it just like abandons that and just goes like traditional movie perspective which could be like maybe one of the reasons why i really like it but also it takes place at a wedding and the bride is so badass like yes, and like i i watched like behind the scenes interviews and the the actress who played the bride she was like oh yeah like no uh, the director told me, like, if you want, we can get you a stunt double and do this. And then she was like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bulk up and prepare for this role." And, sh- and she was like all excited for it, and the, re- the director was all excited for it. And it's just like her her excitement for the role is like really contagious, and you can see how much how much she enjoys living in that. Um, another like a uh, uh, that that one's more like the Rec series is more like demonic possessiony. Um, Like a ghost movie that I would really recommend would be The Orphanage of the, I think it's the 2007 film, yep, 2007 film. Um, I think one of the people that worked on it was Guillermo del Toro. Which, if anyone who knows me knows, I love me some Guillermo del Toro. He is my favorite. And, like, just like any movie that he works on, I'm going to watch it. Whether I like it or not afterwards, it's just, like, a secondary thing. If his name is attached to the project, I'm be like, yes, let me just stroll in here and take a peek. Yeah, but that movie's really good. Um, it's also really, like, creepy and scary. Um... I, I think that's all I got for, like, movies that, like, come to mind. Of that. That show. So really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Orphanage is really, really good. I, I second that. That's a really, really good movie. Um, so, I have a few I'm going to mention here. I'll start with the movie Oculus, which I don't know if anyone else has seen. Um, and this one is uh, by Mike Flanagan, who is one of the best horror filmmakers out around today. Um, He did Doctor Sleep. He did Gerald's Game, which is incredibly creepy and in a totally different way, which is also based on Stephen King. Um, He did did The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, He also did the movie Hush, which we've talked about before, too. Um, and his wife happens to be in a lot of the movies he makes. Um, but Oculus is a really, really creepy, uh, little horror film that I don't know if a lot of people have seen it or heard of it. Um, it's basically, it's a woman tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. Um, and it's just, that's all I'm going to say about it. It's just a really, really well done film. Um, Interesting little tidbit: Rory Cochrane is in it, and I don't know if people know who Rory Cochrane is. Um, but he was in a lot of movies in the nineties, like Dazed and Confused. He played Slater in Dazed and Confused, the Stoner. If you don't know who that is, he was also in Empire Records. Um, he's been in a lot of lot of movies, and it was interesting to see him in this because he's a lot older. But I recommend that one. Um, yes, yeah, Susie.
3: Uh, sorry. Um, That's also. Okay just like as another driving point for people to watch the movie, if you're at all like a Doctor Who or a Marvel fan, um Karen Jillian is also in it. So just like adding more fuel to the fire there. OK, OK. Yeah, I didn't. I have no idea. I didn't really know
1: because <laughs> <laughs> like I've said before, I didn't watch. I've never I've watched like a couple of episodes of Doctor Who. And I used to watch the really old one that was on PBS, the original one when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a doctor who, per- I know, I know a lot of that stuff. It's funny because, you know, a little aside here, I host a podcast about fandoms and a lot of sci-fi stuff is not my thing. Um, It's just not, I'm not my cup of tea. A lot of sci-fi stuff. I will admit that uh, it's a lot of other fandom stuff. So just throwing that out there, like we're doing a Harry Potter episode coming up. I've only watched one Harry Potter movie. It's just not my thing. Lord of the Rings wasn't my thing. That kind of stuff. I just don't. Get it? Yeah, I, yeah. So, (laughs) Susie's face or me saying that, it's really funny. So, when she mentioned that, I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, (laughs) And um, the next one I want to mention is another Stephen King adaptation called 1408 with John Cusack. Has anyone else seen this movie that's on the panel? (laughs) Yes, I can see that people have really, really good movie about a guy played by john cusack who is one of those that he's like a family favorite actor um but he goes around he writes you know blurbs about you know hotels he's also really just a writer who wants to be a writer but he goes to haunted hotels to prove that they're not haunted and he goes to one and stays in room 1408 and all these things happen to him really it's a story about grief and dealing with grief and loss and death Um, But I think it's a really, really well done movie. Really creepy, beautiful. I think John Cusack is really good in that movie because a lot of – through a majority of that movie, he's really just by himself. So I think it's just – it's a really, really interesting one to check out. And then the last one I'm going to mention is the movie Sinister with Ethan Hawke. And I rewatched this the other day. And (laughs) – I watched it before I went to bed, which was not a good idea because I think this movie is one of the creepiest movies to come out in the past decade. There's something about it um, that just because it combines a couple of things. It combines Supernatural, the paranormal, and it combines that with kids murdering people um, and combining those two really creepy, creepy elements and the murders and the way these murders are doing and happen, I mean, and how they're all in these super eight home movies and the way it's set up and the ending of this movie is beyond freaky. It's just one of those that kind of sticks with you. The music, um, some of the cues they use, The every time he starts a Super 8 movie, Ethan Hawke's character, who is a true crime writer, and so he moves his family to this house where this horrible murder happened, and he's writing this book about it, and, you know, it's... It's so creepy. Every time he starts a new Super 8 movie, you're like, oh, my God, please don't start another one. Don't start another one. Don't start another one. And this is one of those that we can look at deeply when we talk about freaky kids. Because let me tell you, the kids in this one freakier than in other movies, I think. Yeah. As, have both of you seen this one? Okay. See it, Sasha. It's still it, I think it's still on Netflix. So that's where I rewatched it the other day. But, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good one, um, I think, and really creepy. I haven't – I don't think I've seen the sequels because there are sequels to it too, but I don't think I've seen those. Um, or maybe I have. I don't know. But um, Ethan Hawk is one of those that's – like I mentioned, you know, he did, the, he did The Purge. He's done a few other horror movies. It's weird. He's kind of found this niche as he's gotten older um, as being – in these movies and i think he's really good at it too so and you saw that you saw it right Susie? yeah yeah the creepy
3: kids yeah demon face bagul is just no (laughs) yeah no thank you sir
1: (laughs) yeah yeah because it's basically you know he's researching the work of a serial killer um, whose work dates back to the 1960s, but it's a very different kind of killer. It's it's a, it's really, really good movie, I think. I think it's one of the better ones out there just because of what it combines in there. So, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up and just, um, hey there, Sasha, how you doing?
2: <laughs> I'm great. I'm staying incognito. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I got to keep you on the edge of your seat.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh Susie. Oh, yes, hello. Um well, since we're wrapping up and heading out, um oh, one last movie that I forgot to mention. I I don't know if it is um it like got like a demonic supernatural possessy one, but the Babadook. Duke. Um mm-hmm. I think it is. It may not be. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but please watch it. It stars The incomparable. Etsy Davis, she is amazing. So just give that a watch. Um, you can find my dog on Instagram at Benny underscore, That's B-E-N-N-I-E underscore Pelusita. That's B E N N I E underscore P E L U S I T A.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Susie. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at eAprilBeauty. Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. Um, If you would like to give us any feedback on our month of horror films, um, any suggestions maybe for next year, even though I have some of it planned out, I'm open to any kind of suggestions, any genre you would like us to highlight, um, any set of films, anything like that. Feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at Gmail dot com and also please 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 rate and review us on apple podcasts that helps us get found so and please make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms okay and next week we are going to be only having one episode we're only gonna have one episode next week and we're going to be talking about stranger things and that will be dropping on November 6th, which is officially Stranger Things Day. So look for that. Um so I'm very excited for that. I know Sasha's going to be returning for that one. So are are you are you on that one, Susie? I'm sorry. I'm getting off. You are. I thought so. So Sasha and Susie are going to be back for that one. So that one should be a lot of fun. Um you'll get to hear me talk about uh, the great creation of a character that I hated in the first season and ended up becoming my absolute all time, not all time favorite, but favorite character in this series. So that'll be fun. And then also just keep an ear out. Um, in a few weeks, we're going to start our six episode celebration of Supernatural. And I know Sasha is going to be on at least one of those episodes. So look for that. We're going to be talking about each showrunner. So there are four different showrunners. And then we're going to be talking about just various other things about the show. And then we're going to do a special episode where I'm just going to get people's reactions to the series finale and just get everybody's thoughts. So just as many people as possible are going to be on that one. It's going to be a little bit different, run a little bit different. But I just want to give everybody a heads up on that because this podcast would not exist without a couple of shows. But the big one is Supernatural. So... I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be interesting, emotional, probably some anger, but <laughs> it'll be a good one. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter.
0: Support your journey to wellness at b i o p t i m i z e r s dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.